It's Friday, June 23rd, 2023. I'm Josh Rollerson, and this is Pennsylvania Legacies, the podcast from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. Well, if you caught our last episode, you know this year's Pennsylvania River of the Year is the North Branch Susquehanna. It's actually the sixth time the river has received that designation, more than any other waterway in the state. That alone makes 2023 a big year for the Endless Mountains Heritage Region, which sponsored the North Branch's successful bid for River of the Year. It also happens to be that organization's 25th anniversary. They decided to celebrate this summer with an epic paddle, a week-long river sojourn on the Susquehanna earlier this month, 120 miles along the North Branch water trail managed by Endless Mountains. Dozens turned out for the sojourn, and as we'll hear in a moment, even a wall of wildfire smoke drifting down from Canada wasn't enough to snuff out the spirit of adventure that those participants brought. For many paddlers, river sojourns are a point of entry not just to the sport, but to sustained involvement in local watershed conservation activities. In EMHR's case, sojourns create a recruiting pool for their very active, volunteer-driven river cleanup program. But of course, there is more to the upper Susquehanna Valley than just paddling. The Endless Mountains area is also becoming a major cycling destination, as interest in gravel riding grows nationwide and around the world. That's on top of the region's many hunting, fishing, and birding opportunities, as well as sites of historic interest. All these features generate a lot of economic activity, and Heritage Region staff are working hard to ensure that communities are getting the full benefit, and that the outdoor recreation boom is happening in a way that sustains and enhances environmental health. Kane Chamberlain is Executive Director of the Endless Mountains Heritage Region. I caught up with him just after he finished the 2023 River of the Year sojourn to learn more about what they've been up to. Here's our conversation. Kane Chamberlain, welcome to Pennsylvania Legacy. It's really glad to have you here. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I was glad you guys reached out. So very big year for Endless Mountains. Uh, among other things, your 25th anniversary, I understand. Yes. And obviously, mm-hmm. uh, River of the Year. We'll talk about all those things. But first, just a little primer maybe about the heritage region, its history, its mission, the kind of things that you guys do. Yeah. So we were established in 1998 as one of the 12 heritage areas across the Commonwealth. Uh, so our parent agency is the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, which I know PEC works with quite often as well. We really uh, love to promote the four counties that we cover, which is Bradford, Sullivan, Susquehanna, and Wyoming up here in northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, We're quite a rural region, but we like it that way because we have all the great outdoor recreation sites as well as uh, a lot of great historic sites as well. Uh, We're pretty much committed to outdoor recreation development, uh, historic preservation, and we also manage the Upper North Branch Susquehanna River Water Trail. And could you talk a little bit about the, the Heritage Region model and how that's similar to or different from something like a conservation landscapes program, which also is you know a DCNR thing? So Heritage Areas, obviously, we really do focus on a lot of the culture and history, uh, not just that outdoor recreation aspect. Uh, we also still focus on a lot of the same conservation efforts. Um, but, you know, it's for us, it's uh, very much engaging the public, uh, not only in the outdoors, but making sure that they know about the area they are in, uh, whether it be uh, its history, its ecology, its uh, culture, all those different things. So uh, it, we're a very multifaceted uh, type group. Um, each heritage area kind of has its own theme. 
Um, you know, whether you're talking about the Anthracite Coal Region or Rivers of Steel down in Pittsburgh or uh, the Route 6 Alliance, which, you know, obviously, uh, you know, bypasses our region uh, through Wyoming and Bradford County because of the Route 6 corridor. Uh, our theme up in the Endless Mountains because of our uh, rural heritage as well as our agricultural heritage is agriculture. Uh, we've had a long background in farming uh, in our region. And uh, it's one of those things that we still try to keep alive, uh, despite the fact that a lot of farming operations have uh, dwindled over the years. Uh, it's still something we like to preserve and uh, let people know about in terms of our, our culture. So the kind of the, the crown jewel of the Endless Mountains is, is the North Branch Susquehanna River, which is also the 2023 Pennsylvania River of the Year. Tell us a bit about the river. What makes it special and how does the designation reflect that? Oh, well, it's an incredible uh, natural resources we have running through our region. Uh, the Endless Mountains Heritage Region also administers the 444 Club, uh, and that recognizes anyone who has paddled uh, the entire main stem of the Susquehanna River from Cooperstown, New York, to Havre Grace, Maryland at the Chesapeake Bay. And, uh, you know, here in our region, not only is it just a magnificent natural resource, it's a great place to recreate, and it's a great place to learn about our history. Uh, there's so many historic sites along the water trail, uh, settlements, uh, our historic downtowns. Uh, the, you know, it's really just kind of the, uh, the the pinnacle of our industry as well. Uh, we've had so much industrialization along the river over the decades. Uh, so it's really just always kind of been the lifeblood of our region and so many other uh, regions that it flows through. We nominated uh, the North Branch. Uh, as the river of the year because uh, it was we wanted it to be in conjunction with our 25th anniversary. Uh, we thought it'd be great to have those two uh, milestones linked uh, with one another uh, and it worked out perfectly. Uh, the public came out and voted uh, just way more than we even expected. Uh, out of the four finalists uh, that were on the list, we received 35% of the vote, uh, which was a little over 4,100 votes out of the total 11,500 ballots cast. So that vote cements your status as River of the Year, and the mm -hmm. the main thing that comes with that, maybe not the main thing, but a, a major thing, and I think especially a big deal in, in your case, was the River of the Year sojourn, which you're fresh off of. Can you tell me a little about what you guys yeah. did for that? I, I understand it was a real, it was an epic journey. It went amazingly well. Uh, we had total uh, of 60 registrants uh, throughout the week. Uh, so we offered single day, three day, and full week packages. And uh, we had, yeah, 60 people sign up. Um, we had just under 30 finish the entire 120 mile stretch from Sarah to Shikshini, which uh, was done over the course of eight days. Um, our water trail managers were exceptionally pleased. I, we had spent a, a year planning this uh, even before we nominated our water trail as River of the Year. Uh, so it was just a lot of team effort that just paid off extraordinarily. Um, we had folks from Oregon, Michigan, Maryland, New York, all across Pennsylvania. Uh, so, I mean, we were able to introduce a lot of pa experienced paddlers uh, to the Susquehanna for the first time. Uh, they, you know, by the end of the week, it was just uh, amazing because so many people were asking us to send out everyone's contact info so they could all keep in touch and do their own paddles together. Um, a lot of great friendships formed. Um, we had guest speakers along the whole way and they were all interested in uh, reaching out to them as well to get more information or how they could get involved at the grassroots level. Because uh, we had folks from Fish and Boat Commission. Uh, we had folks from DCNR, obviously. We had uh, a lot of our uh, fellow heritage areas uh, like Lackawanna Heritage Valley spoke. 
Um, so we just had a, a really great lineup. Uh, Dr. Nathan Riegner, our new state director of outdoor recreation, uh, joined us for a day on the river, along with Secretary Cindy Dunn, who was just reconfirmed as secretary for the DCNR. Uh, so there was a lot of great folks who came out on the river. And, uh, everyone was just so eager to interact with them and learn more about how they could get involved. So uh, it just could not have gone any better. Uh, we only had one day of rain, and that was when we went through the Nanakoke Rapids. So everyone was soaking wet anyway, so it didn't bother them at all. Uh, and obviously, we had the crazy, unexpected, uh, hazy day uh, due to all the smoke and wildfires that were coming down from Canada. Uh, but, you know, we gave everyone the option at lunchtime, you know, if you wanted to quit, if the smoke's getting too heavy for you, we can shuttle everyone back to camp and start the next day fresh, but they wanted the muscle right through it. Um, everyone was just so eager to paddle on the river and do the whole full 20, 120. Uh, so it was it was great. I mean, we just could not have asked for a better group. 120 is incredible. I mean, I I know some these are often multi-day trips. I've done a couple mm-hmm. that were just sort of, you know, just one and done. How unusual is it to do a sojourn on this scale? Were you, I mean, I understood you had people sort of like tagging in and out, or was it the same group? continuously yeah yeah no well a lot of them were the same but like i said yeah we had those folks who join us for a day or just a few days uh at the beginning of the week uh, we had our, our most popular day on the river was uh i think 48 paddlers and then including our guides uh we were up to pretty much close to 60. um so you know that was a pretty epic day on the river um the weather like i said was just gorgeous um it was a lot of logistics mm-hmm. i will say that uh, getting, making sure all the caterers showed up, making sure our live entertainment was good to go because we had a lot live entertainment a lot of nights. Uh, we had, you know, make sure all our campsite arrangements were good to go, um, trying to get everyone where they needed to be on time. Uh, but that really wasn't an issue with this group because, my God, were they excellent paddlers. Um, the one day uh, on Thursday, so they were already, you know, five, six days into the sojourn. Uh, they still, uh, despite low water levels from a kind of a, a drought we've had recently, uh, they still were able to paddle 19 miles in just over six hours. So this was a really hardy bunch of uh, paddlers who joined us and uh, very experienced. They were always willing to lend a hand uh, with anything we needed. Uh, so, you know, it just made it so much easier on us and the uh, the guides and water trail managers we had with us. Yeah, I was curious about the water level and between that and the sort of air quality emergency, that's a, that's a lot to be up against. Yeah, yeah. yeah you uh, when you do plan an event like this, you have all sorts of contingency plans, whether it be high water, low water, thunderstorms, whatever. But uh, wildfires in Canada were not one of them. <laughs> not so uh, that was kind of right out of left field. Uh, but like I said, they, they muscled right through it. They, they did not let it phase them one bit. Um, during lunch that day, uh, we had uh, Tim Schaefer, the director of Fish and Boat, come and talk to us. And, uh, you know, he had mentioned that, you know, on 81, I mean, it was so hazy that traffic was almost coming to a standstill uh, because it was just so visibility was so low. Um, and it was really low on the river as well. Uh, but all, all they some asked at lunch if we could go and get some masks for them. And we ran up to the local hardware store in Tunkhannock, grabbed some and <laughs> went right back out on the river. Right so, uh, yeah, they did not let it phase them one bit. The River of the Year Sojourn was kind of the centerpiece, I think, of, of the year's uh, festivities around River of the Year. But I, I think you've got some other paddling events planned as well in connection. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we just got off the water after a week on it, and we're going right back out on Thursday. Uh, 
to start our Youth Heritage Sojourn. Uh, that's our annual event. It's a three-day paddle, uh, two nights at Camp Lackawanna, and it's uh, another a record sojourn. We have 70 kids uh, signed up for this. We are at max capacity. Um, we've never had that many before. Uh, fortunately, our outfitter we work with, our water trail manager, Endless Mountain Outfitters, uh, they are you know, such a great group to work with, as is Susquehanna Kayak and Canoe Rentals, who helped us out on the week-long sojourn that just ended. Um, but the youth sojourn, uh, we normally have between 40 and 50 kids uh, this year because of some extra help and uh, extra shuttle uh, transportation, we are able to take the up to 70 uh, and we were able to reach that goal. So, I mean, we're, we're really ecstatic about this. Um, hopefully the weather holds out like it did for the last group. Um, we want the kids to have a good time, learn a lot about kayaking safety, the history and the ecology of the river and uh, hopefully make a good a uh, new generation of environmental stewards who really appreciate the North Branch Susquehanna. Yeah, I wanted to ask, what's the change you see come over people that undergo this experience or one like it for the first time? I, I mean, I heard you say you've got some, you've got some hardcore return paddlers, but what about those new folks? What's the experience they have and how does that support your mission? Well, the new folks, I mean, you know, a lot of them get into it for different reasons. Uh, some of them just want to, you know, if they're a novice paddler, uh, they just want to learn some things from our guides. Uh, if they're a fisherman, uh, we had a gentleman along the week-long sojourn. He literally went fishing the entire way. Uh, he, you know, just kind of trolled along with the group, and he would reel in some a small mouth every now and then. He was looking for a muskie, but he never quite got it. But he had just a great time as it is. Um, a lot of people like to come and hear about the history because we do a lot of educational programming that we incorporate into our paddling events. Um, so I say it's, you know, it's something different for everybody. Um, we also have a lot of people who are just coming to meet new paddlers. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to, you know, form those friendships with uh, folks who have similar interests uh, so they can do some paddles uh, together on their own uh, without an organized group. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's just a... A wonderful experience to get out to the Susquehanna. There's so much intrinsic beauty. Uh, you see so many uh, different uh, plant life, wildlife. Uh, I mean, we saw eagles every day on the river. Uh, you know, seeing uh, Lee reeling a fish every now and then. Uh, you know, we were seeing deer, uh, heron, blue heron. I mean, it, it was just incredible experience uh, with the mountains surrounding you. You know, going by, paddling by all the little quaint towns uh, that are through the endless mountains and down in the Shikshini and Wilkesbury, Pittston area. Um, it's just, you can't beat the experience overall. Um, you're seeing so many amazing things uh, along the way. Um, and even despite low water levels, we never had to uh, do any porting or anything like that. Uh, everyone was able to stay on the river, didn't have to do any carry uh, the canoes or kayaks. Uh, so it just worked out perfectly. It could not have gone better. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway uh, was the friendships that formed. I mean, there are there were so many people at the end who were exchanging contact information and making sure they could keep in touch. So I, I think those uh, the bond that you form on the river is probably the most important thing. Yeah, well, I imagine some of those are hopefully you know new friends and supporters of the heritage region. And yes, uh, we had a lot of new members uh, sign up this week. Uh, we had a lot of them buy our water trail maps for the North Branch. Uh, they were all interested in hearing uh, what else we had going on for the rest of the summer. Um, 
learning about the other things we do since we are such a multifaceted organization. Uh, they wanted to learn more about our historic preservation efforts, our educational programming, our workshops that we do, our grants program. Uh, so they were they were very interested. It was a, a great group of folks who, true, you could tell, uh, were they truly cared uh, about you know the different organizations and agencies they were able to meet with. I want to have you expand on all those things you just mentioned, but uh, starting with the water trail. For those that don't know about what that designation means, could you explain what it is and what's your role in supporting the trail? Well, this is actually really huge uh, for us. Uh, Secretary Dunn uh, came to our post River of the Year poster unveiling uh, before she joined us on the river the next day. And she had mentioned, and I actually wasn't aware of this, I've been with the organization five years. Uh, the last time the North Branch got River of the Year was in 2016. Uh, but it also had gotten the designation many times before that, which I was aware of, but I didn't know uh, that we have been uh, given that prestigious designation six times, mm. uh, which makes us the most awarded River of the Year uh, in the state. Uh, so that was really cool to find out. I didn't realize we had received that designation uh, the most out of all the water trails uh, across the state. Uh, so that really means a lot. Um, we are ecstatic uh, to you know manage this water trail, uh, the North Branch, along with uh, co-manage it with uh, Susquehanna Greenway Partnership. Uh, we do the first 150 miles approximately, and then they do the last uh, 35 or 40. Um, so we have the Susquehanna Great Bend portion in Susquehanna County. And then when it re-enters at uh, Athens and Sarah and Bradford County, all the way down to the Luzerne Columbia County line. Uh, it's quite a bit to manage, uh, but we basically work with our outfitters and uh, a few avid paddlers who we call water trail managers. And uh, essentially every year we do site visits. Uh, we go to all our public access sites uh, see if they are in need of anything, whether it be clearing out, you know, overgrown vegetation, adding restrooms, signage, uh, you know, better launches. Uh, so we go to organizations like the Pennsylvania Organization for Watersheds and Rivers and PEC mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, get those water trail mini grants. Um, it was just a few years ago, back during COVID time, 2020, uh, we were able to get a water trail mini grant to help us improve the launch at Endless Mountain Outfitters. And uh, we were able to make that kind of a public launch as well, uh, where people can, you know, use this beautifully new constructed concrete ramp uh, to get to get their kayaks and uh, canoes onto the river. So, uh, you know, it's not only that, uh, it's also making sure people are educated. Uh, we do river cleanup events. Uh, we, you know, do a lot of educational programming where we preach about, uh, you know, not only paddling safety, uh, and paddling demonstrations, we also talk about that environmental stewardship aspect, how we really want people to uh, become stewards of the river and make sure it does uh, stay clean for future generations. Um, we still have a long way to go on that front, uh, but I don't think anyone would disagree that the North Branch is, uh, the Susquehanna River in general, is so much cleaner than it used to be uh, back in the you know 50s, 60s, early 70s. Uh, before a lot of those environmental regulations uh, fortunately came out and we were able to uh, you know clean it up quite a bit and make sure it was protected so um, i think it's important that you know when we're managing the water trail uh, i never say we're managing the river or the north branch and we manage the water trail uh, we're making sure that it is used uh, responsibly 
uh, for recreationalists, anglers, paddlers, all those different folks, uh, bird watchers. Uh, we have a ton of those who come out onto the river now because it is such a great site uh, to see raptors and different uh, different birds out there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in essence, it's really just working together as a team uh, to make sure that it is publicly accessible uh, to people of all backgrounds, ages, what have you, um, and that it is uh, it's taken care of. That's really our main goal. So as you said, there's a lot going on in the Endless Mountains, and not all of it is on the water. I hear you have some pretty good gravel riding up there. Yes. Uh, so for the last, oh gosh, two and a half years now, and we're still making revisions to it, uh, we worked with our tour- local tourism bureaus, the Bradford County Tourism Promotion Agency and the Endless Mountain Visitors Bureau, as well as uh, Northern Tier Regional Planning and Development Commission uh, to create a, well, approximately 415-mile bikepacking loop uh, through our four counties. We realized that uh, gravel biking was becoming such a huge uh, thing across the across the country. Uh, we've always had some great gravel rides here uh, that were pretty well established, uh, including like the Tour de Chunk out in Sullivan County and Bradford County. Uh, we have the Endless Mountains Gravel Ride, uh, Grinduro, uh, which is an international cycling event, uh, just came to our area for the first time last year, and they'll be here this weekend as well. Um, it was amazing to see us, uh, little Sullivan County PA, among all of these really exotic uh, cycling destinations like Italy, France, California, uh, just uh, Germany, Australia, I mean, just so many great places that they go. And here they came to our little rural neck of the woods in northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, so that was quite uh, quite an achievement uh, of, of our region to, you know, see that come here. Uh, so uh, Donna Ionone, uh, who was a Sullivan County Commissioner and an EMHR board member, uh, kind of had the, this, you know, brainchild of an idea to, uh, you know, create this loop. And uh, she started working with us and it's uh, it's gone really well. We already had a couple from Ottawa. Uh, come down and test ride it for us. Uh, we have uh, David Landis, who is uh, one of the founders of the Trans Virginia Bike Route. He's hoping to come up here in August and uh, do his own testing ride of it, following some revisions we're making after the uh, lovely couple from Ottawa came down and rode it uh, in a little over a week's time. Uh, so we're constantly making improvements. We know it's going to be an evolving uh, project uh, as it goes on, but you know we really wanted to use it as sort of an economic booster. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to get all the, the those who use it into our downtowns uh, so they can resupply, use a lot of our uh, local shops. Uh, they can go to our museums, historical societies, breweries, wineries, our scenic overlooks. Uh, we have take them through all of our state parks uh, and our state forests. Uh, so it's just a, a really cool way to showcase what we have here in the Endless Mountains. Yeah, if we could focus on the the economic piece because you know you've got you've got all the makings, you've got gravel, you've got paddling, birding, fishing, and obviously all the history. How does it all come together into a sort of a cohesive economic picture? And what role do you play in that? Where are the opportunities, and what needs to happen to capitalize on them? Uh, I think it's a big part of that is just that communication. Uh, making sure we're partnering uh, with the right organizations, the right businesses, the right, uh, you know, advocates who really want to see the Endless Mountains become a premier outdoor destination, uh, a heritage destination. Uh, You know, we always strive to push that heritage tourism, uh, make sure that our museums and historical societies are 
well visited and our outdoor rec sites are well used uh, responsibly, of course. Uh, we don't like litter bugs out there, <laughs> uh, but we just want to make sure people are enjoying uh, everything we have to offer here. So, you know, when we, our week-long sojourn that I just spoke about, you know, the entire journey, uh, we used small business uh, to cater uh, all of our meals. We used local artists to provide all the live entertainment. Uh, we used our local agencies and uh, partners to do a lot of the guest speaking and uh, help us get those campsites that we used each night. So it's really just establishing that camaraderie throughout the region and making the right people realize that this is a huge economic driver. There was that recent study that came out by the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis that found outdoor recreation alone is a $14 billion industry in the state of Pennsylvania. So it's important for us to ensure uh, we're getting a slice of that pie and uh, people are aware of the Endless Mountains. So uh, as part of our Endless Mountains gravel bike packing loop, or as we call it, the EMGBL, we have a bicycle-friendly business program. Uh, we're trying to get all of our local businesses and municipalities uh, to sign up, which is free. And that ensures that cyclists, when they're coming through on the, uh, on the route, they have places to stop, you know, hospitable places that are going to provide them with the amenities they need, whether it be something as simple as a, a public restroom and a water bottle refill, places they can resupply, places they can park for their long-term trip, places they can get a shower, places they can uh, charge their electronic devices that they have with them. You know, you can provide the trail or the route, but you can't provide that hospitality for the whole 415 miles. So that's why we need so many other businesses and municipalities to step up uh, to make sure that they're taken care of along their trip, uh, that they have these amenities and necessities uh, to make the journey. So we just want to round everyone up, make sure that we're all on the same page and we're all pushing for uh, a better place to live and to visit. So the businesses that you work with, where where are they kind of at with this? Are they, Do they think of themselves as part of a region, as part of a $14 billion outdoor economy? Is it moving that direction or, or is it already there? You know, we hope they feel that way. I'm sure some do more than others. Uh, it's getting everyone's heads turned the right way and realizing the benefits of the outdoor recreation industry, whether it's, you know, the heritage tourism or the outdoor recreational tourism. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is definitely a lot there uh, to support their business or their organization or the town they live in. I mean, you know, when a hiker, a cyclist, a paddler, or just a history buff come in to visit a local museum or historical society, uh, they come into your area, they're there to spend money. They're there to not only utilize uh, your, your assets, but they, they want to support those uh, local towns and those local businesses. You know, particularly following COVID, the pandemic, when so many of these businesses uh, were hit so hard, I think it's really important that they, you know, get on board and, you know, make sure that they're being as hospitable as possible to, you know, these folks coming in to utilize our, you know, mm -hmm. our outdoor assets. Would you like to sort of expand on the heritage piece a little bit too, since obviously that's an important part of what you do. And earlier when we were talking, you had mentioned some historic restoration, preservation work. Yeah. So uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, we had a uh, very successful series of uh, cemetery preservation workshops. Um, so basically we got together a bunch of uh, folks who are from uh, cemetery associations, 
uh, you know, our historical societies or folks who just had a general interest uh, maybe in preserving a, a family plot or something like that. Uh, so one of our board members, uh, Brian Leone, uh, is a heritage management consultant. He has his own firm. Uh, he has actually uh, worked for the Smithsonian at one point. He has uh, traveled the world. He still goes to, you know, areas that are experiencing civil unrest or, you know, are war-torn, and he's preserving all of the artifacts and historic documents and things like that. Uh, so we brought bring him in. He's just a, an incredible speaker and just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, but he was teaching everyone how to, uh, you know, preserve headstones in the appropriate way. And then we do our heritage management workshops with Brian. Um, a lot of our museums and historical societies, uh, particularly in a rural region like ours, operate on volunteer help. Uh, so they don't have the formal training uh, in terms of the handling, documenting, cataloging, and storing of these historic artifacts that are in our museums. And uh, this is just a great way to get them that information. They go through a pretty lengthy course and uh, at the end, uh, each registrant is provided a you know booklet recapping all the things they've learned. So if they have a new volunteer or a new employee come in uh, to their organization, they have something they can show them. You know, read through this, and uh, you'll you know learn what we learned at the workshops. The workshops are great because it's more hands-on, and you get that one-on-one -on -one formal training with Brian. Uh, but we love putting on those events. Uh, we receive some PCNR funding to keep those going. Uh, it started as a kind of a pilot program out in Susquehanna County because uh, we got a Marcellus Legacy Fund mini grant, uh, Marcellus Legacy Fund mini grant uh, to do those workshops. Uh, so we've always kind of used that area as our jump off point, and then we do our best to expand it to the entire region. And we're hoping to do that for the cemetery workshops as well. We do a partnership grants, a mini grants program every year. Uh, this year we gave out $65,000, uh, which is uh, normally the average amount. And uh, we were able to fund 13 different projects uh, across our four counties. Some are uh, pertaining to a museum or historical society uh, for exhibits or building rehabilitations. Uh, others are, you know, for park and trail enhancements uh, throughout the region. Uh, we also fund some educational programming as well. Uh, so Keystone College is doing a Living with the Land series where they teach a lot about the environment and uh, the trail system that uh, they have there at the Woodlands campus. We've also had our uh, Young Explorers program that we've funded quite frequently. Uh, that's getting uh, youth out into nature and uh, learning a lot about the species and plant life, the river, all those really cool things uh, that we hope kids want to learn about. So uh, it's a really great grants program. Uh, it's been very successful since we started it way back uh, when we started in 1998. Uh, we've been able to put over $3 million in state funding into our local region. And uh, keep in mind that that $3 million in state funding is also uh, with a full match. Uh, so each organization uh, provides a full match for the grant they receive, and that can be through cash or in-kind uh, match. So if it, they have volunteer help, um, or if they have, uh, you know, cash from another grant that qualifies to be matched um, or a donor or something along those lines, uh, they can, you know, really do a nice project. So they're, our grants are for up to $10,000 with a full match. So 
not only is it a great way to get that state funding from DCNR and uh, the Environmental Stewardship Fund to put back into our region, uh, these folks are matching it with volunteer uh, help and cash match, uh, which allows them to reinvest in their communities and organizations as well. So many things going on. I, I can tell you're a busy guy, so I'm going to let you get back to your busy day, <laughs> but I really appreciate the time spent this morning. Thank you so much for being on the show. Congratulations on the anniversary and on River of the Year. Thank you very much. Uh, we hope everyone's looking forward uh, to our the rest of the events we have lined up. You can go to emheritage.org and uh, check out everything we have going on. Uh, we do have an events page on there. And uh, one of the biggest things uh, would be our Outdoor Heritage Expo that we're going to be holding at the Wyoming County Fairgrounds uh, September 29th and 30th. And uh, we're hoping to bring together all of our you know regional uh, businesses and organizations, uh, whether they pertain to the outdoors or history. And uh, we're bringing in some folks from outside the region as well as vendors and uh, uh, going to put together some nice programming. Uh, we're going to do a paddle to celebrate River of the Year in our 25th anniversary. And uh, we also have a hiking event at our newest uh, state park in the region. Great. And we will include links to all those things you mentioned on the episode post that goes along with this uh, podcast episode. Again, uh, Kane Chamberlain, Executive Director of Endless Mountains Heritage Region. Thanks again for your time today. Uh, great talking with you. Well, thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. By the way, there are river sojourns happening all over Pennsylvania this summer and every summer. And Peck staff are out there paddling along, taking pictures and talking to folks. Keep watching the Peck website for dispatches from some of those events. Better yet, take advantage of an opportunity near you to get out on the water. There are still a few sojourns left on this year's calendar, and you can learn more about them on the website. Look for the link in the notes for this episode at peckpa.org. P-E-C-P-A dot O-R-G. The website also has all of our past podcast episodes and lots of information on PEC's activities across our portfolio of program work, a large part of which is watershed protection and restoration involving recreation and other activities, public education, getting people out there in their local watersheds, getting them involved that way. That's all for this time. We'll be back with another episode of Pennsylvania Legacies after the 4th of July holiday. Until then, get outside, get involved, and thanks for listening.